1: slash K Kersey.
2: Hey Hendricks County. This is Radio and TV commentator Abdul Hakim Shabazz, the editor and publisher of indiepolitics.org. It's the place where smart hoosiers
3: the kevin kersey agency presents central indiana today on 98.9 wyrz today's program is made possible by the kevin kersey agency 701 north green street in brownsburg and now here's your host rob kendall
0: Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana today. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program. We're going to talk about a law. It's, well, it's a little known law, but it's a law set to go into effect here in the the coming months. Maybe it's going to affect really every person that has an investment across the United States. It's known as the fiduciary rule, and we're going to get into it today with a couple of guys who are financial advisors, George and Lucas. So we'll start with George. George, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me today, Rob. Lucas, thanks for being with us. Good to be here, Rob. Okay, so George, we'll start with you. What is the fiduciary rule?
4: Basically what it is, is uh, the Department of Labor, uh, through executive order by the Obama administration uh, last April, uh, was given an order to uh, basically go out to anybody who operates or manages any type of IRA 401K, 403B, any type of retirement account that would fall under uh, ERISRA guidelines, uh, they are being told that they need to uh, function as a fiduciary or in the client's best interest, uh, meaning that uh, as they make recommendations to the client. Uh, they cannot take into account how they are paid, i.e. commissions, uh, uh, remuneration from mutual fund companies, and that type of thing. Uh, the government is really looking for flat fee advice for all clients.
0: Now, Lucas, what somebody might hear this at the service and go, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. But a lot of people in the investment world are concerned about this. What are some of the concerns that people have?
5: sure well there's definitely a lot of concerns most of those coming from individuals uh, that act on a uh, commission pay schedule and who are not considered fiduciaries right now Um, what i'll say sort of to add on earlier is financial advisors are held to what's called a suitability standard right now versus fiduciaries held to the uh, best interest of the client the fiduciary standard Uh, and while it doesn't seem like a big big change to the public or they might, might not see what this is it has a lot to do with Uh, how we're able to give advice uh, and how we're able to charge for that advice, really. And so the opposition is fearing that this uh, difference in how financial advisors are able to charge is going to uh, hinder smaller investors and your average Joe investor because they're not going to be able to afford the advice uh, that a financial advisor would have to charge them uh, because they have to charge on a per-advice basis as, as opposed to previously being able to put people into certain products and those financial advisors being compensated by those financial product companies.
0: George, is a lot of this still stemming from 2008? It seems like we still have a lot of laws coming into effect that uh, may have started or been at least conceived after what happened in the financial crisis of of a decade ago, is that right?
4: It's a good question, Rob. And actually, this does stem uh, from Dodd-Frank Financial Services Reform Act. Uh, The executive order that is impacting the retirement accounts, Obama was able to uh, uh, bring that in and get the Department of Labor uh, to enact this process faster on uh, the retirement side. However, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which uh, anybody who holds the series seven license or any of these other licenses uh... to make advice or give advice on uh, uh... different types of products it is going to have a major impact then because that will have at some point in the future uh an impact on every what's called a non-qualified account your IRAs 401Ks those are qualified accounts accounts that you pay taxes on as you go along you make money on those those are non-qualified accounts part of Dodd Frank was that uh this rule was to be implemented uh uh through security and exchange regulation so it is at some point uh unless there's a change to Dodd Frank uh going to impact every single investor uh, in the United States.
0: Get our guest is uh, George and Lucas talking about the fiduciary rule which is set to take effect in April. It will affect Every person who has an investment of some sort, uh, retirement investment across the United States. Lucas, kind of give me a, because people are hearing this and I can, I'm sure people are going, okay, it's important. I need to listen. I've just heard a lot of information, eyes glazing over (laughs) in the back of their head. Uh, It's like anytime you get a letter from the government. Uh, Take us through sort of a real world example of how this might work and how it might impact the average average person.
5: Sure. I think... uh I think really financial advisors are going to have to just move their practice around as far as how they give advice more than the investor themselves will really realize too much of what's going on. Uh, Now every financial advisor has to do what's in the best interest of the client as opposed to doing something that's just suitable. And so I think for folks who are only held to a suitability standard right now, but feel that they always do act in the best interest of their client. The clients might not really notice a difference, okay? So but
0: so so somebody hears the word suitability and and best interest and they're saying this sounds a lot like government terms, right? <laughs> what what is the difference?
5: Sure. A, a suitability standard simply means that as a financial advisor, you have to put the client into a product or give them advice on a product that's suitable for their investment. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the 100 percent best interest however you can define that or the perfect investment per se um Whereas now, the best interest of the client, there's going to be a lot more ability for legislation and uh, or lawsuits, rather, from clients who may say, well, that wasn't in my best interest. It was simply something that was suitable or that fit me.
4: George? Rob, I think the thing that I would like to add there, for somebody who's listening to this, uh, they think of the term fiduciary versus suitability, and they see that one may be better than the other, and I want to uh, dispel that right now. Um, I do function in the fiduciary role. The suitability standard versus the fiduciary standard. Um, if you are just starting out, uh, you want to start that first IRA. Maybe you only have. You're a,
0: a poor broadcaster like me. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I mean, right. you're a poor broadcaster <laughs> like you,
4: Rob. And you want to start that first IRA, and you have a thousand dollars, and you come to one of us and say, "You know, I want to save for my retirement. I want to save for my future. How do I go about doing this?" Even in the fiduciary standard, uh, before this change, we could look at it and you'd say, you know what, Rob, in this case, XYZ mutual fund is going to be in your best interest to go with because, unfortunately, at this time, you do not have enough money to invest in one of these products where we actually physically go in and manage the account for you
0: because Uh, you 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 would be paid a fee right to do that I
4: would be paid a fee to do that the nice thing about the mutual fund is you get the automatic diversification its built right into the fund uh, if you use the appropriate type of uh, product and you would pay what is called a sales charge or a commission now the way that that works is Part of that fee goes back to the advisor who gave the advice. Uh, Part of the fees in these mutual funds go back to the mutual fund company. And then what happens is every one of these mutual funds has internal operating costs, and this is probably more than a lot of listeners want to hear Mm -hmm. about, but what would happen in the past is part of those internal operating costs were paid in what they call trailers, back to the broker-dealer. Now what those trails did is they helped to offset the cost for that smaller investor, and we're not talking huge amounts here, we're talking maybe a quarter of a percent of your total investment is removed from the overall performance. It's nothing that a client would see in the past. And that would be paid back to the brokerage firm for things like statements, uh, mailing out those uh, tax documents at the end of the year that says, hey, government, I made a contribution uh, to my IRA account. I deserve the deduction on my tax forms. Um, Part of this new rule says that the broker-dealer can no longer receive those trailing fees back from the mutual fund companies to cover those costs. So now the investor themselves has to pay those fees.
0: So, Lucas, uh, to piggyback on what George said, basically what they're doing is they're trying to pass the cost on to you guys, but basically the cost is going to get passed probably back onto the consumer, right? Because you guys aren't... It's like any other business. If there's a tax or fee, the business isn't eating the tax or the
5: fee, right? Someone's paying for it. Right. You know, someone's always going to pay for these fees no matter who, who it is. Um, but yeah, you know, the bottom line is, is that those small investors who maybe only have $1,000 to invest, like was mentioned earlier, they can't afford to pay a flat fee uh, of say, $1,000 dollars to create a financial plan for you, right because they, they just simply don't have that money. Nor will a financial advisor be willing to be compensated uh, on a percentage of assets basis of say, 1% of those assets a year because a financial advisor isn't going to go through all that work to do paperwork for a $10 compensation every year, right which will say, the, which is the, the broad thought that these small advisor or these small investors rather won't be able to find an advisor at all that's willing to work with them
0: is it in some level uh and lucas i'll go to you first in this what we're experiencing in the healthcare field right now which is hey ensuring everybody's a noble idea we want to have everybody taken care of but when you cut the rate that doctors and professionals are reimbursed at they're saying i'm just not going to see people for this rate and it sounds like this is somewhat what we might run into with this fiduciary rule
5: yeah i think you could definitely find some parallels there um i think it's a you know a classic example of of a government entity or people who don't do this for a living trying to make rules you know on, on things that other people do do for a living uh simply with an idea of this is going to work out great you know and and we'll see but all uh, right
0: uh, we're going to take a quick break here from our underwriters when we come back There are some changes potentially on the horizon for the fiduciary rule. Plus, we're going to dig into a little bit of why this happened. We touched on that it came out of the financial crisis, but we're going to have Lucas and George try to walk us through a little bit about what the end goal is here with this. And as we said later on in the program, Donald Trump, he's on the way. He's promising changes. (laughs) We'll talk about that. You're listening to Central Indiana Today.
6: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 1230 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 12 to 930. More information about our flavors and specialty sundays can be found on our Facebook page or Instagram account by searching Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today go bulldogs
7: this is jody harley with brownsburg academy brownsburg academy provides child care for families with classes focusing on child development brownsburg academy provides daily activity reports progress reports and monthly newsletters to parents our hours of operations are 6 a.m to 6 30 p.m brownsburg academy is located at 685 patrick place more information can be found at BrownsburgAcademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
8: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family-owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 53. 89 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900. Indiana
0: Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852- 5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com indiana family dentistry is a proud supporter of hendricks county and community radio you're listening to central indiana today i'm rob kendall thanks for joining us we're speaking today about a big law that's set to go into effect in uh, april it's called the fiduciary rule and it'll affect everybody that has an investment uh, retirement investment in the united states with us today to walk through what's going on george and lucas they are uh, financial advisors. So guys, let's uh, let's kind of go back where we started here because there are changes to the law that may be coming under the Trump administration. Um, we said this came out of the financial crisis of 2008. What was the goal of this? Because I want to think every time the government does something, even if it's screwed up, there's at least a good intent here. So George, I'll start with you. What is your interpretation of what they're trying to accomplish?
4: Within the industry, Rob, um there is as we addressed earlier the suitability standard and the fiduciary standard if somebody is going to act as a fiduciary it's actually a beautiful term because what that means is any time an advisor makes a decision they are taking the absolute best interest of the client at heart and i think that under the suitability standard, there are very few advisors out there who even use the suitability standard that are not going to take their client's best interest at heart. If we don't, we don't have clients and we go broke. Well, let's, let's, so, let's,
0: let's, add, let's add on that and Lucas, maybe you could piggyback on this. We talked about this the other day. If you screw up my investment, I'm not going to stay with you as a client and you're not making money off me in the short term, you're making money off me in the long term, right? So you want me to succeed.
5: That's right. Yeah. Financial advisors always want their clients to succeed. We're not given any incentive to uh, put people in investments that will you know, do, perform poorly. We you won't know? be doing this for 20 or 30 years. That's <laughs> right. That's right. The idea is to build up a client base over a long term of very happy clientele.
0: Uh, George Lucas and I talked about this the other day. I know you, George. I know you personally. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've gotten to know Lucas. Uh, I look at you guys. I do not see Bernie Madoff. Is the problem that <laughs> the government said, oh, my gosh. majority of these people out there uh, that are doing what you guys are doing have the potential to turn into Bernie Madoff.
4: I don't think it's as much that. it's, And I I need to be very careful how I say this because uh, one, anything that I say here is not a direct recommendation to anybody. And I may mention a product just as a slip of tongue as I describe it. But there are some products out there that are extraordinarily complicated. Uh, They have very high fees that go along with them. Um, they pay some advisors extraordinarily well to sell these products. Um, they are designed to do a specific thing. Um, what has happened since the Bernie Madoff? Yes, that was an attempt to kind uh, to kind of quash or quell those future Bernie Madoffs from coming up, but uh, also it was to I think the nobility behind the rule was to say this is what an investment is actually costing you. Your broker just got paid seven percent to sell this thing to you but oh yeah by the way you're also paying three and a half percent in fees on the money annually and it's not based off the current value of the investment it's based off the highest value of the investment so I think what the government was actually trying to do is make a little bit more of that transparent Um, I think the actual outcome and uh, forgive uh, the term but it's from having bureaucrats versus professionals create uh, or advise on these rules, the actual outcome was more disastrous,
5: uh, I think, than uh, what the government was looking for.
0: Lucas, you want to add on that at all?
5: No, I think, I think you, said it, you said it pretty darn well, you know, bureaucrats versus professionals making, uh, you know, recommendations on what everybody in the public should be doing.
0: How is your industry, Lucas, preparing for this? Because, as you said, this is a major change that's coming, and the average person has no idea it's happening.
5: Yes, there are a lot of changes. Uh, the first thing, compliance-wise, going to cost companies a lot more, uh, especially in the next few years, as they try to figure out uh, all the different regulations going on within this one DOL regulation. And I might add, this is a, a document that's 1,023 pages long.
0: It's never okay. like a page,
5: right? <laughs> right. It's, it's over 1,000 pages long. Uh, so there's a lot to figure out. And there's still a lot that all companies are still trying to figure out, you know, even after it's been a, a, you know, about a year that we knew this was coming now.
4: And I think also to tie on to that, uh, the industry was not even given all of the rules until December the 27th. Um, The government didn't properly explain something? They did not. no, No, they did not properly explain it to us. So it probably, we knew that the rules were coming. We knew that we had to do things. We knew that flat fee advice was something that the government was going to do. But what the actual impact of all the different nuances within this uh, rule that was created were not completely known until the end of December, and this is supposed to go into effect on April the 10th.
0: Lucas, how does this affect like an existing client? We know how it'll affect new clients. You guys can just go to people and go, hey, I, I can't talk to you. You know, you don't have enough money, you know, or that, and that sounds bad, but that's basically the nuts and bolts of it to say, hey, you don't fit what I can, I'm can. allowed to do now. How, how do, you, do you send letters to existing clients? What do, what do you do to let them know Government's made this major change in the middle of me investing your money or helping you invest your money.
5: Sure, I think a lot of uh, clients that are working with an advisor who's held to a suitability standard right now, they're not going to see as big of a change as you might think, because a lot of their accounts will be grandfathered into a you know to a certain commission schedule or whatever they're used to paying. Uh, so I think it's it's definitely going to affect just the, the new clientele a lot more than the I'm,
4: poor guys like me. <laughs> well, and it's not just the poor guys uh, like you, Rob. Unfortunately. Um, the way things were done in the past, um, the more money an individual had, um, the better deal. It's I like to call sure. it the yeah. Sam's Club or the Costco method. Right. Um, but that's like any other business, right? It's like any other right. business. The more you buy from a company, the better break that you get. Right. With this rule, and one of the unintended consequences of it, it said. You know what? You can't. Tr- I can't treat you any differently than I treat Lucas myself or any other client that either one of us have. You all have to pay the same fee. So if you come to me, Rob, and say, you know, I've got half a million dollars, I don't want to pay one or one and a half percent. For you to manage my money, I want a one-time fee. Well, that's great. I can take that $500,000. Maybe a guy that's been working for GM or a lady working at a hospital or something like that for the last 30 years, and they want to roll that over and retire, they will no longer see the benefits of what they saw in the past. It is actually going to cost them more to invest if they choose not to go into one of these managed
5: accounts. I, I might add, yeah. it's new new money that current clients will be investing. You know, exactly. if I have an inv- a client who has $100,000 with me and now they have left a previous employer with a 401k, they they may not get the same benefits on the new 100000 that they roll over that they did on that first one. And, and that is correct. Thanks for the clarification there because that is
4: an important distinction.
0: All right. Uh, we're going to take a break in just a second here from our underwriters. Game. Before we do this, I love the American Greed show. Have you guys I ever say, yes. seen it? I have to, yes. I love it. Like, I... I, I picture myself in the uh, financial world when I watch this. Uh, And
4: anybody that wants to know what created this, uh, The Big Short, an outstanding movie to watch, uh, that will give you an idea as to why we're talking about this.
0: So I wanted to ask you guys this because I watch these American Greed shows and I will watch these and I hear from these poor people that have lost. it's usually somebody who was defrauded out of an investment or something and I think shouldn't there have been, like, a personal red flag going up? You know, I mean, if somebody's promising you a 20% rate of return or whatever, and I'm not saying these people are to blame, but it's like, shouldn't somebody have said, why wouldn't everybody else be doing this? I mean, doesn't isn't there some, I feel like we made this big law now because they want, well, let's start with this. George, that's the minority, right? I mean, that's a vast minority. The majority of people in your profession are good guys like you, right?
4: For every Bernie Madoff uh, that is out there, there are probably 10,000 of the Lucas and Georges out there that uh, truly care about the people that they work with, right?
0: Yeah, Lucas, would did you say that's fair?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
0: what what personal stake can a person take in their in, investment? Because, like I said, I watch these shows and I think. Wow, that would have been a red flag for me. In hindsight, it's 2020, and hindsight's always twenty-twenty. you know, you're watching a TV show where you know somebody's end up getting ripped off at the end. So you have a red flag. But what personal stake can people take in their own investment? Like, what is a good thing for an average person to do when they consider making an, an investment? I know you're not giving investment advice, but just some, maybe some ABCs of the average person before they they invest.
4: One, um, and I know this sounds really weird because my client base, um, I work in a small community. Uh, I know the people around me. Uh, They're my neighbors. They're my friends. uh, They're people that I see day in and day out. Um, uh, Just because you're friends with somebody does not necessarily mean that that is the person uh, to do your investing. Uh, In fact, sometimes it can actually be a hindrance. Uh, yeah,
0: because like an American Greed, a lot of these people... Bernie Madoff had, had money, a lot of
4: those sure. people that were friends, yeah. and Bernie got a lot of money from them. Um, I will tell you that when you sit down and talk to somebody, um, if you feel like you're being sold something versus you've actually got somebody who you feel like is a partner sitting across from you that is trying to provide the best possible advice that they can, um, it's probably time to re reexamine... Right. The person you're sitting across from. The other thing is, is where the individuals like uh, Bernie get people into trouble. Um, It does not matter if you go with a large investment company or if you go with a small uh, investment advisory firm. Who they clear their investments through is a really, really important thing. You want to know that it's not Bernie Madoff housing your assets somewhere and ger- generating Bernie Madoff statements. You might be looking for somebody who has a clearing company like an LPL or a First Source or National Financial Services or uh, Schwab or one of these types of big wire because in that situation, that is where your assets are actually held. The advisor. It's not in your home, right, George? It, it's not in your home, and it's not under the
5: mattress, Lucas. I mean, what's your thought on that? Um, you know, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And and it, a lot of people have the idea that a, a small company or a local advisor—that's uh, all that there is—and it's that one guy doing everything and housing all the hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. But in reality almost every small advisor works for a big brokerage firm in the right. background that the, that the clients don't even really realize exists. Right. Um, so it is important to ask that question. I think one more thing for advisors when they're picking an advisor, or excuse me, for clientele when they're picking an advisor is if the advisor is doing more, more talking and less listening, uh than the client is doing then i think that's a red flag oh i'd be in big trouble, then. <laughs> in big trouble. <laughs> sorry rob you can't be an advisor not too good at that all right we're
0: gonna take a break when we come back we'll wrap up the show there are potentially some changes on the horizon uh the trump administration has said ah they're not too uh, keen on this fiduciary uh rule so we'll talk about that what uh, may be coming and what to expect you're listening to central indiana today rob kendall here speaking with donald james from impact youth mentoring donald what is impact youth mentoring
9: You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. The UPS Store Brownsburg
0: is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. You're listening to Central Indiana Today. I'm Rob Kendall, thanks for joining us. Uh, our guests today, George and Lucas. They are financial advisors. We're talking about this fiduciary rule uh, which is set to go in effect in April, which will affect the investments of every person across the, the nation uh, with the retirement investments. Uh, guys, there are some changes on the horizon. Uh, The Trumpster, my guy, has come out and said that uh, he's not too keen on this. Uh Lucas, you want to start with some of the things that maybe that they're they're talking about making changes to with this rule that hasn't even gone into effect yet.
5: Sure. Well, this is definitely something that Trump brought up in his campaign saying that he would take a look at in his first 180 days. Uh and actually this was just last Friday, February 3rd, uh Trump signed a, uh presidential memorandum uh, directing the DOL to examine the rule and and what he's asked them to do is carry out a full economic and legal analysis of this again, 1023-page document. Uh of, of the impact that it's going to have on our economy and on investors and on advisors uh, all the same. And so we don't know how long this is going to take. We imagine it will take many months. Um, it could delay the rule. It could eventually completely clear the rule. It could do nothing. You know, we, we, we just have to wait and see. But,
0: yeah. Is, is that, George, you're, uh, you're smiling as <laughs> is is Lucas is saying. His thoughts?
5: <laughs> well, it's uh, maybe.
4: Maybe it will change. Maybe it won't. Um, At this point in time, there are several issues that uh, the investment industry has to look at. Uh, I am not a lawyer, but as I understand, yeah, <laughs> uh, as as I understand, executive orders once they have been in place for a year, it actually takes some type of act of Congress to reverse those.
0: So that was going to be my next question: Can Trump just come out and say, "I'm not doing that," and stroke it with a pen, or can he? Is he going to have to go back through the Congress? Mm, I'm
4: not a lawyer, so you're. I'm going to have to leave that one up to the politicians. Well, uh, that's trouble. <laughs> that is trouble. Well, uh, so anyway, uh, the, indus- the industry. At self um, you have to understand the millions and billions of trillions of dollars that have been spent across the United States to get this rule going into effect. It is like me trying to get in front of a 200 ton train that's moving 60 miles an hour and stopping it with my bare hands since I am not Superman and as much as I... Somewhat agree with you on uh, uh, your previous political statements. Uh, Unfortunately, neither is the Trumpster, as you
5: refer to him. So
4: I don't think he can stop it. (laughs) Well, yeah,
5: and I I agree with that. The one thing I'd add is... All the changes that have already happened amongst companies, a lot of companies have already stopped doing brokerage work because right. they knew this rule was coming and didn't want to have to deal with the compliance, uh, You know, hiring more people in compliance, paying what it would cost you know, to keep up with this rule. And so a lot of, especially property and casualty insurance companies who happen to do brokerage work as well, have said, you know what, we're just going to cut off the brokerage side. We're going to do what we do best, which is PNC work. Um, and they've already said that they're not they're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Um,
4: a lot of insurance companies have um, completely backed out of the retirement business. A lot of banks Which have is a
0: huge portion of the retirement business, right? Uh, exactly.
4: Um, a lot of banks have backed out of uh, the retirement business. Uh, a lot of brokerage firms have backed out of the retirement business. And the thing that bothers me there is, again, they have backed out for the uh, uh, smaller investor. You will never accumulate wealth if you don't start saving early so trying to start under these rules is uh onerous at best
0: eddie money we love eddie money we love eddie kind money of an eccentric guy he had a song called i want to go back mm-hmm. and i was thinking just to come back on this how much this law seems to parallel the healthcare law and you guys talk about if you stop it how do you undo it the changes that have been made it's like obamacare okay, you repeal Obamacare. What do you do with the people that are on insurance? And so what you guys are kind of saying is even if this law is ultimately stopped, the problem is, as you alluded to, George, the insurance companies, have I said, we're out of this game. Are, they, are, they gonna, are you going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle?
4: Probably not. And I would like to also add that it's not just that you've had a lot of these companies back out of that business. I want you to think about uh, the thousands of, maybe tens of thousands of people that have built good, solid uh, careers. Um, they're not wealthy. Maybe they're only earning between fifty and and $100,000. It's a good salary, don't get me wrong, but uh, they've already been laid off. They've been let go from these jobs. And uh, when you think about the years of experience, um, I know I'm sitting here with almost 30 years in the industry, Lucas, how? Five myself. Okay, so you're sitting here with 35 years of financial planning experience in uh, uh this radio station right now those people are now gone from the industry and probably never to be rehired a lot of them uh, the vast majority of them very very good people you can't put that genie back in the bottle
0: uh, Lucas want to piggyback on that at all
5: uh yeah i mean i would just say exactly the same thing really it's 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 just going to be hard whether this rule does go into effect or not to go back to how it was and a lot of people everyone thinks of the investor you know, But as, as was just alluded to, there's a lot of advisors out there that are going to have lost their jobs already and, and won't be able to get them back.
0: There, there's a saying in the stock market, which is investment folks, I'm sure you guys follow. There's good news. There's bad news. There is no uncertainty, right? I mean, investors hate uncertainty. And is that the biggest problem right now? And we'll go with Lucas first uh, before we wrap up here, that there's just a lot of uncertainty right now.
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. We just don't really know what's going to happen come come the middle of April when this is supposed to go into effect. And, and companies are spending so much money trying to figure out this regulation for what may ultimately not happen, what what may end up happening. And, and a lo- there's a lot of investors out there that right now, if they call into their uh, brokerage firm to ask for their financial advisor, they're now getting a customer service rep on the other line because their advisor's been told they're not allowed to give advice at all about these retirement accounts anymore. <laughs> and uh, and so these people are calling into simply a customer service line with somebody telling them how to how to manage their account, as opposed to being able to look that advisor in the eye and Get that service that they're used to getting.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Your life savings is on the line. Sorry. No, (laughs) nobody here to answer the phone. That's right. George.
4: Um, I will tell you that um, I think the thought that I would like to wrap up this conversation with is um, to be a fiduciary and to truly function as a fiduciary means that if you are looking at two products that will meet the client's need, One of those products has a 1% cost, and one of those products has a 5% cost. The fiduciary automatically, and both will meet the investment objective of the client, meet their goals through the financial plan that's been created. That 1% will meet it. That is the piece of advice that gets offered. It doesn't mean you recommend the 5%, and I will say that the bulk of advisors out there function that way without actually even knowing it because they do care about the person that's sitting across from them. What we're seeing now is not a fiduciary standard. It is a fiduciary account where clients are not paying trade commissions for each transaction that takes place. They're being told the only option you have is you will pay a flat fee per year rather there is one change made or if there are 10,000 changes made that is called a managed account that is a product or a solution for somebody it is not actually functioning in the fiduciary standard as it truly means a fiduciary would say you know what i've got this option i'm fishing from a six-inch pool there's somebody down the street that has a thirty six-inch pool to fish from and they have a better product i am going to send you down to them so that you can have your need met that is the true meaning of a fiduciary. What the government has created is an investment style that they are insisting that everybody goes into.
0: And is that one of the biggest problems that we see in our country is that people get so focused on halftime shows at the Super Bowl? Who said what? Who tweeted what? Who's who's uh, who's dating who? <laughs> um, you see all these things and you say... That doesn't mean anything to anyone, but a law like this, which is so crucial to every person and their long-term future, gets no attention. I mean, I didn't know about this law until Lucas and I were sitting here talking the other day and have, have researched it and read about it down. It's petrifying. I mean, and that's my, my fault as much as anybody.
4: This law impacts every single individual in this country that has a retirement account, and eventually this will impact Every single person, even if they don't have a retirement account, this will impact every person that has any kind of investment whatsoever.
0: Lucas, final word
5: uh, I think the final word I'll go from the advisor's perspective. Uh, you know a lot of advisors who aren't held to the fiduciary standard right now who do hold themselves to the suitability standard. You know, I think it's important to remember that those people still have to still have to go to sleep at night and and 99 percent of those who are on the suitability standard that I know of, Still act in the best interest of their client, whether that whether they are legally obligated to or not. Yeah.
4: You know what's funny about that, Rob? Uh, I have a face for radio. I do have <laughs> a much skinnier face. It, 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 I have lost some weight, but you know what? I do have to look at this face every morning when I shave, and uh, it's hard enough to look at it as it is. So <laughs> to actually do something that would harm one of my clients. Um, I wouldn't be able to stand there and shave in the morning, and I think that that is how 99.9% of all advisors actually feel.
0: All right, uh, this is a huge, very important topic. Please pay attention to it. Keep an eye on it. Again, you can look it up. It's the fiduciary rule. It's just put it in your Google machine there, and uh, and it'll pop right out. And you can uh, you can do it any. Just stay up to date on it. I mean, it's a huge deal. You can read all about it. And uh, it's very important. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's conversation, you can check out the podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana Today. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want, totally free of charge. As always, our podcast presented by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening.
3: You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall.
0: This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9.
1: Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group.
2: Doesn't cost you a thing, so pay us a visit, IndyPolitics.org. It's where smart Hoosiers get their news.
6: This is Amanda Johnson with Wiley's Brownsburg. Wiley's is a locally owned ice cream shop located at 1022 East Main Street in Brownsburg. We offer delicious ice cream cones, sundaes, shakes, malts, and bubble tea. Wiley's is open Sunday through Thursday, 12:30 to 9.
7: progress reports, and monthly newsletters to parents. Our hours of operations are 6 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. Brownsburg Academy is located at 685 Patrick Place. More information can be found at brownsburgacademy.com or by calling 317-858-8033.
8: This is Dave Thomas for TNT Tax. TNT Tax is a local small business that performs tax preparation for personal and sole proprietor businesses as well as LLCs. My wife and I have been preparing taxes together in our family owned business for 25 years. TNT Tax is located at 5389 Rockville Road, Suite 900 in Indianapolis. Our phone number is 317-244-7900.
9: You can find us on Facebook by searching Impact Youth Mentoring or at our website, impactyouthmentoring.org. Indiana
0: Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.